It's like the saying we always say about boats, right? You know, the best kind of boat to have is your best friend's boat. <laughs> it's the same, I guess, for concierge cruising. The best kind of room to have on a Disney cruise ship is your best friend's Roy Disney suite. So there you go. That's yes. right. um, Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, brought to you by my path unwinding travel. And Sam, we're going to talk about luxury Disney again, right? Ooh, yes, I love it. You love being ensconced in the luxury of Mickey. (laughs) I do. His warm hug and his big white hands in those deep pockets. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Reaching into those deep pockets more like. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about one of our new favorite subjects, which is concierge. But before all of you hit fast forward on the uh, the podcast playlist, we're going to talk about some differences across concierge on the different ships, as well as just a little background on what concierge is for any of you who are new to Disney Cruise Line, have been wondering what those gold colored key to the world cards are people are wearing and why they would spend an ungodly amount of money on the concierge experience. So we have brought on a true cruising concierge expert with us uh, this evening. And uh, I want to start by welcoming her to the show. Welcome, Ganesh. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, great to have you back. Actually, we're having you back. You've been on. Uh, you've been on at least once, maybe twice now. Is this your ah, second time or your third my time? Sec- my second time. Second, second time. time. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we can't wait to have you on to like do the full DCL Duo experience because I think the last was the last one also a bonus show or was it? It was. It was. Yeah, we talked about itinerary. We, it was. It was an itinerary release show that we did with Ganesh, and so and the predictions were correct on the wonder, right? Like that's did, right. We, yes. Bravo. We all- bravo. I would say part correct and part wrong because I don't think that those those itineraries in Australia and New Zealand looked as good as I was hoping for. So maybe maybe they did. We got it right, but it did not meet our our hoped for expectations. <laughs> That's meet your expectations exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good way to describe it because it the those Trans Pacific cruises. Well, one the Vancouver to Hawaii cruises that sounds awesome, and then the Trans Pacific cruises sound awesome. But those itineraries are so long, and then you've taken all this time off of work, and then you fly home from Sydney. I mean, that's crazy, right? Yeah, you need to spend some time, a little bit of time there. <laughs> a topic for a whole nother episode. I know some folks have asked us what our opinions are of those cruises, and uh, we'll we'll get into it and mix it up at some point. But uh, for now, Ganesh, we, let's start with, I know the topic is what's different across the different ships, but let's start with what's the same. Can you give folks kind of an encapsulation of what the concierge experience is all about and what some of its like biggest benefits are? Yes, absolutely. Um, and just by way of background, I've now sailed concierge level on all five ships. Uh, very excited that I just sailed the wish a few weeks back and it was a fantastic experience. So overall, there it starts even before you get on the ship. And so if you book concierge, you actually get a dedicated shoreside concierge that will assist you all your questions. Um, There's a dedicated phone line that you can call, or if you have a travel advisor, they can call on your behalf or even email. Um, Although lately, they've been kind of tied up on the email and it it sometimes can be hard to get a quick response. So best to probably call in and you know, you may have to wait a little bit, but the queues have gotten better, thankfully. Basically, they they offer the pre-arrival services. So one of the big things that people always want to do is get a cabana at Castaway Key. 
So they can help you with those types of requests or getting certain reservations. Like you want Apollo reservation, you want a spa reservation, or even like Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, any of those types of experiences that normally you would have to book on your own online, starting at the stroke of midnight Eastern time when your booking window opens and whatever your castaway club level is. Instead, concierge guests get a little extra leg up. They actually did this recently in the past year or so where instead of it being 120 days out where you would get it the same time as platinum, I think it's 130 days prior to your sailing, you can submit those requests to concierge, shoreside concierge. And the way to do that is actually send out an email right at midnight at 130 days out. If you want that cabana, you got to do it because otherwise everyone else is doing it at the same time. So, but I actually got lucky and got a cabana with my wish sailing. So I was very excited about that, but we can talk about that later. But yes, you have the pre-arrival services. So that is one fantastic thing that that you, you get even before you step on board. Let me interrupt you there just for one second so I can clarify for our listeners that it basically concierge trumps all castaway status. So it doesn't matter if you are sailing concierge and you have never sailed on Disney Cruise Line before, or if you are a platinum cruiser who has sailed 50 times before. We were all on the same playing field if you're sailing concierge. So you have to send that email right at midnight Eastern. Then you all have an equal chance, we think. Uh, I say we think because there is suspicion that if you're sailing in a royal... Yes, yeah, so if you're sailing in a royal suite, you might there, get a there slight is suspicion, edge. right, <laughs> that if you're sailing in a royal suite that your request might get bumped up a little higher than everybody else. My suspicion is actually, yeah, the Royal Suites get to go first. But I actually also think that they then prioritize two and one bedroom suites ahead of the family staterooms. That uh, could be possible. Be about, I'm not sure about the one bedroom suites or not, but I've, I have I was sailing in a one bedroom suite. So maybe that explains how I got the cabana um, for the wish when there's actually more, there are more concierge staterooms than there are cabanas. So something's got to give there if everybody wants one. So that might be why I got mine. Yeah. Yeah. The the other thing that I wanted to highlight is something Ganesh said, which is you, you mentioned cabanas, Ganesh, but I also just want to highlight there is a benefit to this status in terms of your pre-booking for cruises not going to the Caribbean because there are some very popular shore excursions out there on European sailings, Alaska sailings, other sailings that... So for instance, in Nordfjord Eide, where we just were with Norway, they had a helicopter tour. That helicopter only holds five guests and a, and a pilot or six guests and a pilot. And they only do so many of them during the day. And, and so that's a really small pool of people uh, that, that can get that experience. It's pricey, so it's self-limiting. But if you're wanting to do it and you're in the silver booking window or the new cruiser booking window on that cruise, it may be sold out before it hits you. So if you're in concierge, pretty much going to guarantee yourself a slot on that helicopter tour if that's what you want to do or dog sledding in Alaska and you know, there's a few other uh, excursions out there that are like that. So, Yep. Good point. And uh, one other thing that's kind of interesting too, is if you're sailing with some other friends or family who are not in concierge, if you link your reservations, you they actually get to benefit from your status for booking those types of things. So that is actually, if you can't sail concierge, find a friend who, does, who who's sailing on your sailing so you can become buddies <laughs> and take advantage of that booking window. So that, that's another little perk. It's like the saying we always say about boats, right? You know, the best kind of boat to have is your best friend's boat. <laughs> it's the same, I guess, for concierge cruising. The best kind of room to have on a Disney cruise ship is your best friend's Roy Disney suite. So there you go. That's yes. right. um, Absolutely. <laughs> and what other benefits are there, Ganesh, in, in terms of uh, concierge? So those are the main highlights, I guess, for before you get on the ship. Now, on embarkation day, 
you actually, as a concierge guest, can arrive whenever you want. So basically, you don't have to select a port arrival time. And I think at least typically, like for instance, in Port Canaveral, when embarkation starts at 11 a.m., you can be right there, ready to get on the ship. Now, you might be have some friends with you, you know, a lot of people in the terminal. So uh, depending upon what's going on at that particular hour, you may end up um, having to wait a little bit, but um, you do have the option to cut, arrive whenever you want. So that that's really nice. Also, when you embark there, at least in Port Canaveral, that's definitely the, one of the best terminals because Disney uh, owns the terminal, or at least you know, they, they have designed it for themselves. Special lounge to wait in case you aren't able to get on the ship right away. You'll get escorted through the terminal and, and basically up until they get you to the ship. Now, this didn't happen during our wish sailing, but in prior sailings out of Port Canaveral, we got escorted by a concierge manager. Actually, there was a kind of a handoff between the, the, folk, the person that escorts you through the terminal, through the crowds. And then you got handed off to a concierge manager who then whisked you up to the lounge. That did not happen this time on the Wish, maybe because there's a lot more concierge guests on that on that type of uh, ship. But um, we thankfully already knew where the lounge was and where we needed to go, and so we just took ourselves. <laughs> we got up there fine. It wasn't a big deal. Can I ask a question here, Ganesh? This the benefit for boarding early does not um, extend to your friends and family who are not sailing concierge. Is that yeah? yeah. There's only a few things that, that it literally is just that early booking window. Um, otherwise, your friends and family who are not sailing concierge on your sailing are not allowed to board early. Now you can choose to board whenever they do, right? But they can't just hop on the ship whenever you do if their port arrival time is later. Same thing when it comes to visiting the lounge or any of that type of stuff. They cannot, they can't just show up in the lounge. You can't just, I mean, I'm sure people have snuck in, but that's just typically not allowed. And at some point, I mean, maybe you can get away with that on the wish, a shorter sailing where maybe they don't get to know everybody as much, but on a longer sailing, they usually figure out, the concierge managers usually figure out is a concierge guest and who's, and if you just show up in the lounge like on day four and they've never seen you before, then <laughs> you might get escorted out. Yeah. And I would say I've also, I've sailed out of Miami concierge, San Diego as well. Not quite the same experience as Port Canaveral, but I, I say that's definitely the best experience in terms of embarkation, but otherwise it's on the ships, totally fantastic. So if you want, I can go into some of that as well. Basically one thing that they, that everybody gets to do is the embarkation day luncheon. So it's a special luncheon just for concierge guests. It's basically the same menu of what they do in the main, whatever the main dining room that is available for that particular sailing is the same menu. So you don't get a special menu, but you get a nice private space. Is it going to be in one of the other restaurants? So wherever they're having the main dining embarkation lunch, it'll be a different restaurant. So you're not going to be in the same restaurant. On this particular sailing with The Wish, we were in 1923, which was fantastic. At that time, they, they actually had one of the concierge managers, they will go around during the lunch. And if you had certain requests that maybe you didn't get fulfilled, or if you, you just kind of go have, have an overview, just kind of go over things with you. They have little laptops and they go walk around and they, they uh, introduce themselves, that kind of thing. So that is really nice. And, and that's kind of like your first taste of getting to know uh, the concierge managers and what they have to offer in terms of their their services. And I, I think the best thing about that is, it, and it sort of continues through the cruise with the concierge hosts, is that you never have to see guest services for a request. You never have to go to the spa to make your own appointment or to change your appointment. 
or, or any or, or deal with Port Adventures Desk, any of that stuff. You you just deal with the concierge hosts and they do all that for you, exactly. which is lovely. One-stop shopping for all your requests, basically. They uh, also, in the actual lounge on embarkation day, they will have a representative from the spa actually there. So you don't have to go to the spa if you want to like do, do, do something with some reservations. And like you said, even if later on you decide to do something, talk to your concierge manager. And then... They also, and the on the Nav- DCL Navigator app, they have a special chat function just to chat with the concierge. Now, every time I tried that on the Wish, for some reason, it I don't know, it was either glitching or I could never reach them. So I did actually do some chats with guest services and sometimes actually show a significant cue, but I eventually got, I mean, it wasn't a big deal, but I, I casually mentioned to one of the concierge managers, yeah, I actually chatted with guest services. She's like, no, 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 don't do that. You'll come to us. You'll come to us. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. But I told her what happened with the app. So she understood But but yeah, that is, it is really nice to have that dedicated service from them um, and not having to ever wait in line at guest services. Yeah. And I think, you know, some other highlights, right, are love the one-stop shop. That is frankly one of the reasons we love sailing concierge is <laughs> you can walk in the lounge and say, hey, we need to cancel those spa treatments, go grab a drink and be sitting by the window. And then five minutes later, they'll come over and say, yep, taken care of for you. All done. Settling your account. You want to add some gift cards to your account or something like that. They'll handle that. Yeah, they, they will pretty much fulfill just about any request you need. They helped us on our Norway cruise. We had a Palo brunch for two that we turned into a Palo brunch for four that we ultimately turned into a Palo brunch for 10. And they took care of working with Palo and ultimately getting us a private room and, and all that sort of stuff. So it, it just, I think it makes the cruise experience a whole lot smoother. Ganesh, I think one other consistent experience across the fleet is, that we've hinted at is the lounge and the food and the free drinks at the happy hour time. And that sort of stuff. So we'll talk about a little bit of the differences in the lounges in just a second. But I think that that's a consistent theme is that there is a lounge for concierge. The quality or the size or the amenities of that lounge vary. Uh, but all of them will have some food out at various times of day, afternoon tea, snacks. Basically, there's constantly some kind of food sitting out in the concierge lounge. And then free alcoholic beverages. But those start between after 5 and run between 5 and 10 and so it's a popular spot for folks to go to get a drink before a show or drink before dinner. We've even heard of folks who <laughs> mid-dinner get up, go to the lounge, get themselves another drink. And then I think one other benefit we got to experience on our Norway sailing actually that was a lifesaver was priority disembarkation. So all of the concierge luggage is taken off and available or was on our sailing as, as of the earliest time we could get off the ship. So 7.30 in the morning, our luggage was already off the ship and ready for us to pick up. And if you go to the lounge, the concierge hosts will express you off the ship. So they have a special key card that when you get in the elevator, they hit it. It takes you right down to the disembarkation floor. We went past a rope straight to tap our cards off, walked right into the terminal, had our luggage, the whole experience. Lounge to outside of the terminal, at least in Dover, which was a small terminal, was probably 15 minutes. That was a lifesaver because we had a tour that we were trying to meet at 8 o'clock in the morning. So that's another perk across the fleet, I believe. Ganesh, let's shift gears. Let's talk about differences because there are differences. Let's start with rooms. There are different categories of concierge rooms across the different ships. And I'm thinking, for instance, like the Magic class ships, right, have two bedroom suites. The Dream class ships do not. And then the Wish has a whole nother set of categories of suite on board. So what are some of the differences in the concierge staterooms across the different ships? Yep. So all the ships do have the standard, I guess, deluxe family, ocean view, stay room with veranda. <laughs> and they all have the one bedroom concierge suites. 
Now, as you mentioned, the Magic and the Wonder, which are sister ships, have the two bedroom options. And all the ships have the royal suites. No, well, I guess here's the, where the differences come in, maybe I should say. The original four ships, uh, not the Wish, have the Royal and the Walt uh, Disney suites, which are the Royal Suite. Maybe different configurations on each ship, but that's the concept. Those are the top-notch suites. Now on the Wish, so there are Royal Suites, but there's different variations of that. And then there's also the Tower Suites. The Royal Suites, they have, I'll have to figure out what the, uh, the exact room category is, but basically there's two different corners at the aft of the ship, which basically these are one story royal suites. And then they have royal suites at the front of the ship forward that are two story royal suites. We actually left out a whole nother category on the wish. The um the brand new category, the ones that were the ocean view without the balconies, that was those were little mermaid. These are at the front of the ship. They're floor to ceiling windows. No balcony though, so no veranda, but more space because of that. So these these actually are right over the bridge, I believe. So you have a great view off the front of the ship. Similar concept with the tower suite, which is going to be your top level suite on the Wish, top level suite in all the ships, uh, which is basically the so-called, people call it the funnel, right? One of the funnels is basically a two-story suite, and they call it the tower suite, that is just amazing, but no balcony on that either. And I think there's also the room placement on the ships, right? So on the Magic class ships, concierge is interdispersed with just, I don't want to say regular rooms, but non-concierge rooms. Whereas I think on the Dream class ships, they're all clustered together. And on the Wish, there's a combination of clustered together. And then the Deck 11 ones that are all up front. Am I getting Am I getting that right? I think you are getting, yes, you're getting it right. So on the, the Wonder and the Magic, all the state rooms are on Deck 8. But they're up and down, like forward and aft. Uh, so, but the actual lounge is forward, um, and I think that's two decks up on deck ten, if if I recall correctly. Yeah, it's the entrance is midship, but you're right. It where it's located is definitely forward. Yeah, exactly. And then the on the dream and the fantasy though, everything's on decks eleven and twelve, all forward, and the lounge is on deck. 12 uh, on both of those ships but so that that's how that is set up then on the wish it's a big mix (laughs) now so we were on deck 12 deck 12 i love deck 12 that's where the lounge was but the lounge on the wish is two stories high so to speak because actually it's more sun deck than lounge but on deck 12 the bulk of the massive lounges there. That is where you can get, you know, they have a bar, they have lots of seating, it's all indoors there, but then they have an, an outdoor section. And then you can go up to deck 13. And there are staterooms on deck 13. So there's, it's all forward, you'll have, you'll have staterooms on deck 12, deck 13. And that also shows you how or actually the royal suites that are forward will have the two stories as well on decks 12 and 13. And now deck 11 is where we have those little mermaid suites that we were talking about for concierge. Those are also forward. And then the only ones that are aft are going to be those two royal suites that are at the back. And I can't remember if they're on deck 11. I think they're, uh, they could be on deck 11 or 12. So a little more dispersed on the wish, but you have the two-story lounge and sun deck area. Also, um, as we were talking about differences here, there are some differences between the lounges, obviously, between the ships as well. 
probably the second best lounge after the wish would be on the wonder they have a they have a really nice large lounge and nice sun outdoor sun deck area so their dream and the and the fantasy <laughs> they have identical lounges and starts a format and they have a sun deck but the sun deck doesn't actually you can't actually see the ocean it's kind of like outdoors and it's covered but it's kind of like barriers so it's kind of self-contained I personally don't like that. I really love the wonder and also how the magic have sun decks and lounges that have windows that you can see more. And the wish is just absolutely fantastic at the front of the ship, glorious views. And then on the deck 13, their outdoor sun deck has a pool. I have a pool in quotes though. The water in the pool is literally literally like six inches deep. (laughs) It's laughable, but it looks really, it's really nice because it's got kind of like a waterfall feature to it that you can actually kind of sit and like have the water falling like around you and stuff. And it has two hot tubs right next to it. And the views are just fantastic at the front of the ship. So it's it's prime prime real estate. <laughs> yeah. No, we haven't been on the Dream and the Fantasy in Concierge. Am I right that there's a hot tub on those, yes, in those areas? Yes, there is a hot tub on their sun deck. Again, self-contained. You're not going to have the views that the Wish does. It's like a, so it's like up on deck 12, or actually it's deck 13 because it's higher up above the lounge. But it's, it's like people, can, you can go in and out of that area through key access card area, but you're then, you know, you could, you kind of join the general public and stuff out on the, uh, but they're the ones who can actually see out. You can't really, you don't have access to the, the, the a railing or any way to actually see what's going on outside. Those who are coffee drinkers. Now this is, this may not seem like a huge perk, but to me, it's kind of a big perk because I don't have to deal with waiting in line at Cove Cafe in the morning. They have the coffee machines that make, you know, lattes and Americanos and espresso, and you can make your own in the concierge lounges. So that's, and they have all the syrups and and teas and all that kind of stuff. So if you're a tea drinker or a coffee drinker, but you want the nicer stuff and not the stuff on deck, sorry, Joffrey's. (laughs) Oh, I agree with you totally. Joffrey's, I am not a fan. I think I heard you are not either. And yeah, to have to go to the Cove Cafe, you don't, you have to pay for it, the Cove Cafe. Obviously, this is included. So on all the ships, except for the Wish, they have one coffee machine. And it's a high end, you know, really nice machine. But on the Wish, they have three. <laughs> so, and you know what else they have? You know what else they have? Smoothie machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we heard about that. Tell us, so tell us the about smoothie, the smoothie machine. The smoothie machine. Like, we got smoothies at least two or three times. You get it's self serve. It's like a machine that just uh, the whole time we were there, the two flavors they had were raspberry and Dole Whip. So, if you're a Dole Whip fan, you can now have Ooh, a Dole I'm Whip. I'm a Dole Whip smoothie. fan. I hate raspberry. I don't <laughs> I, like raspberry I love anything. The raspberry. See, I'm the opposite. I love the raspberry. I like pineapple, but I'm not a big. I'm not a big Dole Whip person. So it works out. So you have the choice, right? So whether you're a Dole Whip person or not, you have the choice. So you can try one, one or both. One thing that we never talked about was the the in room dining menu for concierge. So. For on the Wish, they get a special menu, and the reason being is that concierge has its own dedicated kitchen. So where they actually can make hot stuff. And the offerings in the lounge throughout the day are better. And you can actually at breakfast time, go into the lounge and order specific things. Actually breakfast, lunch, I I can't remember the dinner time they did it, but definitely during lunch, you can order special things. They will make make, made to order. What we loved was the room service. (laughs) We love room service anywhere, anywhere we go. 
So we ordered breakfast every morning through room service. Still went out to the lounge and still went out to places like Marsley Market to supplement, but like it was really great. And they had things like the Mickey waffles. I'm trying to remember what else, like other just fantastic, like really good, like a really good, like gourmet omelets. I, 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 I know I took lots of pictures and stuff and I, 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 made, I took some notes. So I can't remember everything off the top of my head, but there is a dedicated menu for breakfast, lunch, really good food. We, we ordered from both great snacks. And that's a big, too. that's a big difference between the wish and the other ships. I know that for concierge gets basically on the other ships, the same room service menu as everybody else with one exception. If you're sailing in a one bedroom or higher level, you can get um, a slightly upgraded breakfast menu. So you can get a hot breakfast in your room, but it's not everything. It's just, you know, it's like eggs and, um, you know, a handful of entrees basically. So it's a, it's a, an upgrade from just the, I'll call it continental breakfast that anyone can get in room. This new menu on the wish, the room service for, you know, multiple different meals and for breakfast being even a level above, that's a, that's a big difference in my opinion. Yeah. And we definitely took advantage of that, um, which was great. The one thing that they didn't do is they didn't do the room service on disembarkation morning, um, which I was a little disappointed about because on I don't know if this was a COVID thing or they didn't allude to They didn't tell me that it was a COVID thing, but on other sailings on other ships, we were able to, that was actually sort of a special concierge park because you can't normally, normally no one can get room service on disembarkation morning. But when we sail concierge on the other ships, they allowed us to do it as long as we gave the concierge managers the night before our, our order. We did, wouldn't hang it out on the door the night before kind of thing where you, you could hang the, you, know, what, you list out what you want and stuff. So, but this, on the wish they said, no, we don't do that, but we're hoping sometime soon. So I don't know whether that, for some reason they're just, maybe because there's too many, too many concierge rooms. I don't know. I think they ended it in general, though. I don't think you can do it even on the other ships, but uh, I, I could okay. be wrong. An old perk, perhaps. Okay. Oh, well. I will also note when it comes to actual staterooms on the Wish, they have king-size beds in the concierge staterooms. All the other ships, concierge has queen. Also on the Wish, other you know, if you're non-concierge, you should get a queen as well. Um, so they have king-size beds which is great because I love having king size bed, but actually takes up a bit of room in the room. So we don't, you don't have as much room in the, in the, the bedroom portion, but that's fine. There's plenty of room elsewhere to, for storage and to do it, to do your thing. Well, Ganesh, I think there's probably two other questions I have. So one more difference I think is the number of concierge staterooms on board the different ships. You've alluded to it a couple of times now. The reason they have to have three coffee makers, for instance, on the wish is she has a ton of concierge staterooms, whereas the Magic, who has not undergone the same upgrades that the Wonder did several years ago, has the fewest. Uh, and so I think there is a difference in the number of rooms across the fleet that are dedicated to concierge. Is that fair? Yes, that is correct. And I think the total number on the wish is 76, which is double the number <laughs> of what you find on the other ships. So to compensate, the wish has four concierge managers as opposed to three. It was interesting leading up to our voyage on the wish. I'd heard a lot of chatter about, oh, they're just strained thin, that the managers don't have enough time. There's too many concierge rooms. They need another concierge manager. On embarkation day, I, I noticed, yeah, they were pretty busy, but that's very typical of embarkation day for concierge, for them to be busy because people, there are some high demand cruisers that just are like, I want this, I want that, I want that. I, I just kind of 
casually was watching. Like we're, we're actually pretty low maintenance ourselves, but there are some people there literally talking to them for like 30, 45 minutes. And I was there the whole time. Like, guys, you're still talking to that guy. Like, so like sometimes there's some heavy demands depending upon the sailing, but that, I mean, again, it wasn't anything unusual. I never felt like the lounge was ever crowded. I never felt like anybody seemed stressed or anything. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. And right now, if you head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo, you can take advantage of a promotion we're offering. If you're one of our first 10 listeners to book a new Disney cruise vacation with My Path Unwinding, you will get some free giveaways, including a book about the Disney wish that was given out on board the maiden voyage in the DVC charter. And if you decide to book concierge, a special limited edition Disney Cruise Line concierge pin that Disney was selling on board, but has discontinued in favor of a new pen, which we think is not as good as the old one. So be one of our first 10 listeners to head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next Disney cruise vacation. And you will get that as well as some DCL Duo swag that we will send out separately. So if you take any time at all to browse My Path Unwinding's website, you will see that they are dedicated to providing you the best service and understanding their clients' needs and answering their questions to ensure that their vacation experience is the best for them and their family. That extends to so many quarters of what My Path Unwinding does, including our experience in booking some fabulous vacations now with My Path Unwinding and their Facebook groups where they field all kinds of questions day in and day out to make sure that people have the best experience possible on board Disney Cruise Line. So if you've been eyeing an Adventures by Disney trip and been thinking about upgrading your experience to concierge, just want to book a fabulous Disney vacation or really any kind of all-inclusive or resort vacation or cruise vacation, then head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo and we know you will have a great experience with Karen and her team of travel specialists over at My Path Unwinding. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for your continued support of the show. And now back to our episode. Did you get a sense of whether there's a difference in what people can get? And what I mean by that is, you know, obviously getting a cabana is going to be more difficult if you're sailing on the Wish and going to Castaway Key than if you are sailing on, let's say, the Dream and going to Castaway Key because there's just going to be higher higher concierge demand. It's going to be, you know, for a regular cruiser, I'm sure impossible. But I, I'm curious if you got any sense of one whether or not that's bearing out, um, and then two if the same can be said about the adult dining because I know that it was an issue on the maiden voyage, but the maiden voyage is a unique sailing with very demanding people in general, and so I'm wondering if if you got a sense of how that played out in a you know a sailing that she's been sailing now for several months. Is that still the case? Um, I think the only area where I note obviously the cabanas. You know, it's just gonna, that's just gonna be the case regardless because it's a sheer number of staterooms. I think adult dining generally, I think that that was in high demand, but it also could have been because, you know, I sailed it in late August. So could have still had a lot of those platinum cruisers. So you're kind of still competing with those folks as well. But they, I think the sense was we can get you Palo, but you can only go once. Like you can't go like every night, that kind of thing. So I think it's still in high demand for adult only dining. I, I, I don't know about the other stuff per se, but yeah, overall, like I, I did not get the sense that people were necessarily dissatisfied. I, I think that 
there's there's always going to be a high demand for certain experiences. Cabana, top of the list. And that literally is the reason I know clients who just literally just want to book concierge just so they can get the cabana, like that that whole bit. But if you're going to do that, I recommend going on a different ship because <laughs> it's not going to be guaranteed. Or if your suspicions are correct, you know, book the Royal Suite or like maybe a one bedroom. I, I, mean, I don't know if mine was sheer luck or what is the fact that I had a one bedroom, but I was very happy to get, get my cabana. So Ganesh, I want to round out the show with two questions. The first one is... Rank the concierge experience across the five ships. What's your order of concierge experience? Um, definitely wish number one, uh, for sure. Number two would be wonder. And this is all, for me personally, it's based on the lounge. I mean, that I think that's definitely the, the big, big factor for me. Number three, magic. And then tied in fourth place would be fantasy and dream just because they're like pretty much identical. In terms of services, no issue. I mean, all across the fleet, you're not going to have an issue with service. To me, the one differentiating factor has to be the lounge. And then I actually couple that with the actual staterooms themselves. So I think when it comes to just the standard veranda room, those are going to be kind of like, they're pretty much similar, same layout on all the ships. But when it comes to the one bedrooms, you're going to find a lot of variety just there alone. I like the layout of the one bedroom, most definitely on the Wish, and it's obviously most modern. And that's just my taste. But on the Wonder and the Magic, also just liked the setup, the design of it. I'd have to say on the fancy and the dream, the difference is for that one bedroom, they actually have these like sliding door thing. It's, it's kind of weird how they set up the one bedroom area, how they cordon it off. It's a little less, I want to say it's less private, but you can kind of hear what's going on in the living room more than on when you're in the wonder or the magic. There's a little bit more privacy, I think. All right, Ganesh, my last question is the perennial question. Is concierge worth it? Absolutely, absolutely worth it. I, I, that's, I'll get let you in on another secret. That's the only way that I have sailed Disney Cruise Lines. So <laughs> it's, I, I've spoiled myself from the get go. And I'll give you a little story and background as to why. So, our first ship that we ever sailed on was the Dream. I had knew nothing about Disney Cruise Line or any, I, I was just, I wasn't even a travel advisor at that point. I basically just wanted the space. Like I wanted to have some separation between my husband. That was my husband. Separation from from my husband. I wanted separation from our son so he could have his own space and we could have our own space. And the only way we could do that was to book a one bedroom suite. And it just happened to be concierge. So I honestly didn't really care about all the perks. And I kind of just figured it out on my own when they sent me the email saying, Oh, you can do this. Oh, I can get a cabana. Okay. So I kind of learned that on my own. But then once I sailed it, and I experienced it. I was like, there is no way I would go back to I, I, it's so <laughs> horrible, but I, I just we've gotten spoiled. We're very spoiled with that. I, I I specialize in luxury travel. I love luxury travel. So for me, that's the only way to do it. I'm a huge fan of the um ship within a ship concept, so to speak, when it comes to cruising. So to me, that's how I just our style of travel. So perhaps I'm biased in that regard, but I guess it's interesting. Like, it, it, it'd be a good question to ask someone who has not say, who has done both. And I say you guys have done both. So you guys just throw the question back to you, no, Brian. No, you're flipping the script you, on you, us. You, you, you sailed concierge. You tell me, do you think it's worth it? Uh, well, we've sailed more like multiple times concierge after sailing concierge once. 
So I'm going to have to say yes, but I also will say I I still love sailing regardless. And we sailed on the Wish non-concierge and I would do it again. I mean, I would sail non-concierge again without any question. Do I prefer sailing concierge? Absolutely. I think if you've got the disposable income to spare, yeah, splurge and do concierge. There's nothing like it. It's fantastic service. You do have all of these uh, these benefits of the earlier booking, which to me is a, a something I really like, especially when you're talking about certain excursions. Like Brian mentioned, for Norway, we had that. And I love the lounge and I, I love that experience. I love afternoon tea and afternoon tea is a thing in all of the lounges every single day. So yeah, so for me, absolutely, I love it. But if I couldn't afford to sail a concierge or couldn't afford to sail concierge every time that I sailed, I would still sail on Disney Cruise Line. So that that would be my answer. I don't know if Brian has a different answer, so I'm going to throw the question to him, Brian. Well, since I'm hosting the show, I get to have the last word. I, I will I will say I enjoy sailing concierge. I continue to believe it is a luxury good. It is not essential to you having a fabulous vacation on Disney Cruise Line, which is already an expensive proposition. So I don't see concierge as necessary. If the question is, is it worth it? I would actually say, I mean, it's a great experience, but I don't think you're going to get the full value of it back in any way if that's how you're defining worth. I think you will absolutely experience a level of Disney service that is unparalleled, uh, perhaps outside of VIP tours or adventures by Disney. I think you will absolutely have one of the smoothest cruises you've ever had <laughs> when you sail with concierge because you 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 want for nothing, you worry for nothing, you have don't have to wait in line practically anywhere. So it's really for me comes down to a convenience, and I am a person who am willing to pay for convenience. Is we were on the wish standing in a long line to get our adult dining reservations taken care of and the headache that that was and hyperspace lounge reservations, but thankfully are now gone. I, the first, one of the first things I thought was if we had sailed concierge, we would be sitting at lunch right now and the concierge host would be on the phone dealing with all of this while we enjoyed our lunch. So I think if you're one who just really wants to experience that highest level of Disney service the highest level of convenience that you can get on board and you know just one of the smoothest disney processes i've ever seen then concierge is absolutely something to try just you know black box warning here uh once you do it's really 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 <laughs> hard to sail any other way and concierge is extremely expensive especially when you're talking about you know like european sailings or alaska or things like that concierge is an expensive expensive proposition so with that, Ganesh, I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing all your thoughts about concierge. You are a travel specialist with our fabulous show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. And so do you want to let folks know where they can find you and the other great folks at My Path Unwinding if they want to book a concierge sailing on board Disney Cruise Line? Absolutely. So you can definitely visit our website, mypathunwinding.com. Uh, I'm on that website. You can find me there. My name is Ganesh Hobson. And if you want to follow along on social media, because I am finally getting through all my ridiculous pictures and videos of well over, I don't even know how many I have. Um, you can follow along on social media about Disney Wish Concierge. I am at Lux Travel by Ganesh, L-U-X-E Travel by, and then my first name, G-U-N-E-S. Feel free to follow me there. And I've also put a plug out for My Path Unwinding. We have our own private Facebook group for Disney Concierge Cruisers. 
So if you're interested in concierge, you can come do a search for that on Facebook and join the party and we can answer any questions that you may have about concierge and you can just ha- have fun have fun with, with us there. So appreciate you guys having me on. I, I absolutely love concierge sailing and you're right. It's very hard to go back. I've never done it the, any other ways and I don't think I could, <laughs> but definitely, definitely a, 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 a fun way to go and exemplifies everything best in, in terms of Disney service. And if you do decide to book a vacation with My Path Unwinding, be sure to let them know we sent you. And in fact, you can head to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo and they will know we sent you their way. So Ganesh, once again, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. As always, thank you so much out there for listening to our bonus show this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. And if you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air in our main show each and every week. We love connecting with you, our listeners, and hearing your feedback. So head over there, leave us a review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with our show via our voice mail line. If you'd like to send us a question, a comment, or otherwise have us address your feedback on the air, then just leave us a message at 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can always browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. Really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for making this show happen each and every month. We also really appreciate our amazing show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney vacation, head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.